If you know your party's extension, please dial it now. Houston, we have a problem. Sick of all this complaining all the time. Ladies and gentlemen, please take your seats. The show is about to begin. Welcome to episode four, Multitasking and Heels. We hope you guys found us by now. Word of mouth from some great circle of friends who feel like 2020 can suck it, mm -hmm. that their life might resemble a little bit of a dumpster fire <laughs> that's rolling down one of San Francisco's famous steep hills, even though they are trying with all their might to manifest their best self or be mindful or meditate instead of drinking three glasses of red wine or three bottles. <laughs> that the men who might have found this podcast think we're funny enough to continue to listen because we are raising little men ourselves mm -hmm. and raising them with good men. And we know you have it sometimes just as hard as either single dads, two dads, or anything else. And the moms, all the moms, all the moms out there, that the bad moms, the movie, might have been ripped out of each of our own lives. And I'm talking about the so-called bad moms in the movie, not the perfect PTA parents. Because really, who has time to bake gluten-free, soy-free, peanut-free, sugar-free, dairy-free, and egg-free cookies the night before the bake sale? And what kid wants to eat that? I know, I don't think anyone. A lot of frenzied and fabulous are out there waiting to be heard or waiting to hear that it's okay. We're all going through the same thing. So with that, Liz, what are your pump and flat moments? Of all the week? right. So yes, my pump and flat moments of the week. So my pump moment, it wasn't a singular moment per se, but I was just sort of reflecting on how the week went, which I try to do because some weeks are better than others. And I try to be mindful of what I could have done differently or better or whatnot. Um, but we had have to say a really good week of hybrid learning in my house. So, and That's the bar huge. is the bar set super low, super low. So it's, it's pretty easy to kind of at least meet it. Um, but you know, my, all three of my kids are in school in person on Monday and Tuesday. They all remote learn for the half day Wednesday. My middle schoolers home Thursday and Friday. My third graders go to their after school program to do remote learning on Thursday and Friday where they can see friends, they can play. And I, I feel like we've gotten into a groove where the kids know their routine. They know what their expectations are. We've worked out some of the kinks with my oldest and his executive function issues and attention issues and gotten some more support there from the school, which has been amazing. Um, you know, when I reflect back on this week or the past couple of weeks and what we went through in the spring, it's like night and day. And granted, we were all thrown into that without any warning. It was awful. Um, but I feel like you know, our expectations, again, they've, they've gotten lower. My, my kids, if they don't finish all their work on their remote learning days, they don't finish all their work. I'm not going to get into an argument with them about this. There's already enough stuff to argue. There's enough conflict going on. We don't, I don't need to create anything new, but the kids have been great. They've been happy. They see their friends more often. Um, and I, I think, think they've, they've just really adjusted to where we are right now, which makes me kind of live in fear a little bit that it could change that God forbid we get an email lens from the superintendent saying like we're going fully remote or there's talk of at the elementary level, maybe having one through five go 
for half days a week in person and which I don't, I, I don't know if that's better than what they're doing now. I kind of feel like it's not, but yeah. again, they just settled into this routine. Their kids like to just disrupt them. I don't think would be great. So right now I'm just trying to focus on the little moments where everything worked out and take my small victories. Yeah, I can. So that was my, that was my pump. That's awesome. Week, which was great. My flat moment of the week is about my little guy, Brady, um, who's in third grade and he came home um, or he ran into the kitchen one night after school and I was making dinner and answering work emails on my phone, multitasking as per usual. Um, and he said, oh, mommy, uh, I want to um, run for student council. And I was like, uh, okay. And um, so I remember vaguely seeing some reference in one of the 900 emails a week I get from the schools about something to do with student council. So like I go through my phone, I try to find the email and I said, I'll be, the election is tomorrow. And it says you're supposed to sign up. He said, Oh no, principal Caulfield said we could still sign up today. And then, and, um, for the election tomorrow. And I said, all right, well, do you know how to do that? And he said, yeah, I just have to go into Google classroom and blah, blah, blah. So he takes his Chromebook and he allegedly figures out how to sign himself up for the election. Um, and again, I'm like half paying attention to the poor kid. I'm trying to get dinner on the table. I'm still answering work emails. And I'm like, y'all set? And he's like, yeah, all set. So I said, okay, cool. I said, but it says here you have to write a speech. And the election, they were doing it over Zoom. Um, and all the kids who were running could read their speech over this Zoom call the next day after remote learning was done. And I said, we got to write a speech. We'll do it. We'll do it in the morning. So over breakfast the next morning, he works on his speech and he said, oh, it's, you know, hi, um, I'm running for student council. I'm a really hard worker and I want to work hard for you because I want to make our school the best place it can be. And if you vote for me, I'll work really hard for you. It was the cutest thing. So we write it out on a sheet of paper and I put it next to his, his Chromebook upstairs in, in his bedroom. And when it's time for the Zoom call, he changes into a collared shirt and everything. He's all ready to oh, comb his hair. Oh my goodness. And I sit him down and then I have to go back downstairs because I have to get on a work call. So um, I hop on my call and every like 20 minutes or so, I just pop up just to check to see if he's okay. And I was like, have you gone yet? And he said, no, he said, there's 140 kids on the Zoom call. And I was like, oh my gosh. So it was student council for the whole third grade and they were doing, they were picking two kids from each of the third grade classes. So a lot of kids running. Um, I said, all right. So I kept popping up. And, and so after an hour, he's still on the call and they haven't gotten to him yet. I said, all right, well, I'm just, I'm going to run out and, and do a couple errands. I'll check back with you when I come back. So I ran to CVS. I get in, get in my car after running my errands and my phone rings. It's, it's our home phone number. And so the kids always, the little ones always call me when I leave the house. Um, cause why not? And <laughs> so I answer the phone and it's B and he's sobbing, Lindsay. And I said, what's the matter? What's the matter? He said, I didn't sign up the right way to run. And Ms. Mrs. Caulfield didn't know that I wanted to run. So she didn't call on me. She didn't know I wanted to give a speech. And I was like, oh my God, oh my gosh. And I was like, I was like, how come you didn't say anything? He goes, I didn't want to interrupt 140 people on a Zoom call, mom. And he's sobbing, sobbing, sobbing. And I said, all right, well, I'll, I don't know if there's anything I can do. I said, I'll email her and maybe she can add you to the ballot. I don't know at this point because they had already like emailed out the ballot and stuff. So I emailed her and, you know, it was too late and whatnot, but I mean, you know, my little guy, like he's so he's sensitive, so, sensitive. He's so sweet. And I got home and he was under a blanket, just eating apple jacks. And he was so sad. I mean, he got over it later then I'd let him have like extra ice cream for dessert. But like when I was in that parking lot, I like wanted to start crying, 
because I was like, I could have taken two seconds to make sure that he signed up properly. I, I hear you. I hear you. This is this, this mm-hmm. is the shit that we're talking yep. about that we, that makes us feel like horrible mothers yeah. because we have too much on our plate mm-hmm. and that go back to that scary mommy article yep. that you sent me that is like, we're either really good employees mm-hmm. or really good moms. Yep. And you and I probably fall better into that really good employees. Yes. Um, yep. And it really sucks hard. Mm-hmm. And like you said, but they also, the kids want to be independent too. And right. they say, well, we got it. Exactly. And I want to trust, you know, I don't want to micromanage we, him. I want to foster his independence, but you know, I just felt guilty that I didn't take two seconds to be like, oh, why don't you just show me and I can make sure you did it right. I know. So yeah. So that was my flat moment. What a hard lesson for Mr. Brady. Yes. Well, he will have lots of chances later. And the mm-hmm. fact that he wanted to run and told yes. you about it is like super awesome. Yeah. I told him I was so proud of him for that, that just even wanting to do it, writing the speech, you know, that I was really proud of him. Yeah. Oh, heartbreaking, I know. but so cute. And he'll have lots of chances. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and as a former student council <laughs> president, vice president, oh my gosh. secretary, mm-hmm. social person, all through grade school and high school, I'll, I'll help him out. Thank we'll you. Get, yeah, we'll get, <laughs> we'll get campaigns, campaigns going yes. for Brady, and um, that's, so, that's cute. so cute. So to our episode, um, super excited about this one because Liz and I are total TV junkies. Mm-hmm. Streaming. Oh wait, did you share your pump and flat moment of the week? Oh shoot. Okay, I skipped. <gasps> you gotta, you gotta I skipped. let the people know. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, I got so into Brady's. I know. <laughs> um, okay, so rewind. Um, my pump moment this week. Um, I finally at work. Um, I've had five bosses in. 15 months at my job, which, um, has been very trying and challenging to say the least, but my latest one that probably my, like the entire team has fought the hardest on getting, because it's just like, why do we keep needing new ones? I think someone is looking over us and saying, this is the one. And he literally is my dream boss. He has so much compassion and empathy. And I cannot, I honestly cannot speak higher of somebody. And it's, I know it's only been three weeks, but I have not seen one bad quality in this person. He is intuitive. He speaks to everyone with kindness and sympathy and respect. And he gives feedback already in a way that you think it's just wise wisdom where you're like, Mm -hmm. oh yes. And you like want to do better. And it doesn't even sound like feedback. It just sounds like wise wisdom that you're like, oh yes. And then you like think about it and you're like, oh, I need to, I need to 
do this differently. He sounds very inspiring. He is. Which is amazing. He is. And it, it's so inspiring. It's so amazing. Um, there is a, in a hope and morale um, because the morale has been really low. Mm -hmm. um, so it's very exciting for a lot of people. Uh, my flat moment kind of goes hand in hand with this though, because there's a lot of changes at, at where I work. And um, I just worry that it might be too late for me to have him as my boss if, if I change the course of where I want to be in my career. Um, and where I work, there's still a lot of, in corporate America, there's still a lot of men that get promotions and raises and opportunities that women don't. Mm -hmm. And with women having a lot more projects or responsibilities on their plate and are consistently over, overlooked and overworked, more than certain men in the same or similar roles. And they just keep getting the opportunities more than women mm -hmm. do. And it is so frustrating. And I, we continually don't understand what's happening. Yeah, and it's not gonna change unless it changes from the top down. That was exactly. that moment. And, yeah. Um, and like you said, it, ha it happens everywhere. I mean, at a similar story in my prior job of, you know, being woefully undercompensated. And then when they hired someone else to join our team who was the exact same, had the exact same role as I had, um, I knew no one in their right mind was going to accept that job for what they were, the pittance they were paying me at the time. Sure enough. And I mean, it, it, the company did, did right by me. I didn't ask for more money. Um, but after they hired the guy that joined our team, um, I got a nice fat raise, but I wouldn't have gotten that raise if it wasn't for them hiring this other person, you know, I, although I deserved it and I earned it on my own merit, there's just an inequity in compensation and less and unless your organization actually goes and does like a survey of that inequity to see where things are off, nothing changes. The louder conversation lately in the last 14 months has been Black Lives Matter mm -hmm. and diversity, as it should be, it, mm -hmm. like it should be. But diversity um, also is women, women too. Yes. Yeah. And we can't forget that conversation mm -hmm. as well. Agreed. And so that's what we've been talking about mm -hmm. lately um, as well at work. So it sounds like, though, based on what you've shared with me about your new boss, like he could be sort of this like shiny beacon of hope for you. And you've been with your company for so long and you're so well respected and you've built up just this personal brand equity there that maybe this is a, like a pivotal time in your role there, now that you actually have someone who can be a strong advocate for you, this could be like a, a great um, turning point. And I'm hoping so. Mm -hmm. I mean, I definitely feel like it is a pivotal turning point. Yeah. We'll just see which yeah. way it pivots and turns. Yep. And like you said, he he's so fabulous mm -hmm. and I feel like I could learn so, so much yep. from him. 
So um, he's, he's definitely someone I would want to stay in touch mm -hmm. with no matter what. But um, so it's like time he, will tell, right? Time will tell. <laughs> So a lot of that these days. <laughs> yes, exactly. So let's get into the yes. meat of what we're here to talk about. Um, so Liz and I, going back to we're junkies for television, mm -hmm. <laughs> and we watch pretty much everything. But what we are here to talk about today is the weird or stupid stuff we watch mm -hmm. that no one else would. We're not saying like oh ozarks or something cool that everyone's watching we're not this is not that show this is not the cool that's binge this with right. you this is the stuff you probably aren't watching um show um so the shit that i watch <laughs> literally that no one else will watch um i'll start I'll start easy and get mm -hmm. deeper. Um, lifetime movies. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like your neighbor is sleeping with your babysitter mm -hmm. or who kidnapped baby Jane. I get sucked into those so, so easily. easily. And my husband is so, so mad because, because they're like because three, three hours long because, because long. there's a commercial <laughs> every, every yes. minute. Yes. And <laughs> the acting is not the best. And the writing is like oh. very templated. Yes. But because it's basically the same movie, but just a different twist on it. Oh, totally. Like the neighbor sleeping with the babysitter. And then it's like the neighbor's sleeping with the lawn boy. Yep. And then it's like, I kidnapped your baby, but it's really my baby. Yep. They're all the same. They're all the same. <laughs> but for some reason, there's something oh, in yeah. it that draws me in. Mm -hmm. Then the Hallmark movies. Yes. The Christmas, the Christmas episodes. The Christmas yes. ones yes. only. Yes. Agreed. And my only complaint as of late is that there are more than three actors and actresses that can be in these damn mm -hmm. movies because literally they keep putting in like Lacey Shabar yes. and Candace Cameron. The and, chick from the Wonder Years. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, Danica McKellar. Yes. yes. And um, the... Jesse Metcalf yes. is in like five right now. Mm -hmm. And while I appreciate that they're starting to put in better looking actors mm -hmm. because they started going, no offense, but they started kind of putting in some homely looking guy oh. dudes in there. Nobody and wants that. I'm not watching those <laughs> no. Hallmark Christmas movies. Mm -mm. I am not because the ladies like them for the good looking Exactly. Dudes. All of them are templated. Mm-hmm. Somebody goes home to some small town <laughs> because deep down mm -hmm. they're like, this could happen to me. I grew up in a small town and my ex-boyfriend mm -hmm. is living there and I swear to God, they're all the same, mm -hmm. but they are addicting. Yes. Everyone loves Christmas. Candace Cameron. The chick from the Wonder Years. Yeah, and, yes. mm -hmm. um, and get Danica, some more actors yes. and actresses yes. in these and things, guys. Yes. Okay. But I love, so on that, the Hallmark note, I yeah. love that part of the template is always the person who goes back to their small town always leaves a significant other yes. in the big city that works too hard. So that sort of justifies this person cheating on them with the small town cowboy or whatever. Yes. Like, oh, <laughs> totally. Oh, totally. <laughs> um, 
Yes. yes. Uh, there's been a couple lately um, from last year and the year before that I really liked, but it's also because they picked like a good cast, like the a really good looking girl and guy in it. And I was like, okay, yeah, you're getting there. Yeah. My favorite was the Christmas inheritance last year where the girl goes <laughs> down, where I think her father grew up or something and she had to deliver a letter to someone and she gets stuck there and then falls in love with the innkeeper. It was good. <laughs> oh, I think I saw that yeah. one. I liked the one with the, um, I, was it the poinsettia farm where that guy was hot? Yes. I know and exactly what you're talking yes, about. Mm -hmm. The poinsettia, I yeah. think it was poinsettia farm or yes. something. Yep. That one I liked. Mm -hmm. And then there was also, um, one with Kelly Pickler. It wasn't oh, too bad. And even though I don't really like country music like mm -hmm. at all, um, that one was good. All right. I might have to go back. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So then we go into conspiracy theory shows. <sighs> yeah. Love them. Love them. Love them. Love them. Like who really killed JFK? Mm -hmm. Who killed Marilyn? What causes stuff in the Bermuda Triangle like aliens or is it science? Um, Unidentified Inside America's UFO Investigation with Tom DeLong, formerly of Blink-182. Oh, yes. mm -hmm. Super good show. And former Pentagon official Louis Elizondo, I think I said his name right. Such a good show because it finally made the government admit that um, aliens are real mm -hmm. and that, uh, like, U.S. Navy pilots have really seen aliens and that is huge wow. because they've always had um like Ronald Reagan on um on record saying that he saw an alien mm -hmm. and stuff but they they buried this they buried yeah. all of it what do you think the rationale is behind burying the information they don't I mean, want people to know they, people mm -hmm. will freak out yeah and they want they want it all buried so people don't live blissfully unaware yes mm -hmm. ignorance is bliss yes so this stuff is crazy because all these officials that are very smart men are coming out saying oh i saw it oh mm -hmm. i saw it oh let me tell you this story so that show is really good i think it's in its second season Secret of Skinwalker Ranch on the history, also on the History Channel. Um, this crazy dude named Brandon Fugel, a really rich business guy, actually brings in a good-looking uh, doctor, aerospace engineer guy to investigate the Skinwalker Ranch, the famous Skinwalker Ranch, where there's all kinds of weirdness happening. And that show is bizarro because there's so many stories about the skinwalker ranch with aliens and weird stuff and as you can see i really like we've done a rabbit hole with aliens <laughs> oh i did aliens and supernatural and yeah see what, that um, um because of the supernatural i think something just happened yes. in our space aliens. um so wait can i ask what is do you have like a favorite theory is it the alien thing or does it like another government cover-up um there's so many liz i know um you, you do you do believe alien yes i yes i do believe that one i i do believe that one um i think the 
JFK um, assassination. Um, there's so much conspiracy yes. with that one and the RFK um, assassin, assassination. Um, there's a really good podcast out about that one as well. I, I like JFK, RFK, and Marilyn Monroe. Marilyn Monroe yes. That whole thing. Um, because I believe she was killed. I, I believe she was killed yeah. as well. So, yes, those three mm -hmm. conspiracy theories, I believe there was a lot of secret government slash mafia yes. slash yep. and i know that sounds bizarre but the more you read into it it's not no. bizarre well we love this stuff because the truth is stranger than fiction it totally is so so yes and then um notre Dameus is probably getting into the weirdest probably fringe crap that I watch. Um, <laughs> I, he was a French astrologer and seer born in the 1500s. If anyone doesn't know he who he was, he was like an astrologer to the stars. Mm -hmm. um, Catherine de Medici of the famous Medicis of Italy, and she was also queen of France. Um, she was, uh, loved him. And he ended up dying of edema from gout, which was just an interesting thing. But I find his predictions terrifying and very interesting. And yes, you can read into them and mm -hmm. a lot of people do. And you're like, I didn't get anything from that at all. But some of them are so close, um, like the Hitler ones. Mm -hmm. um, he called them Hister in his oh. quatrains, but instead of Hitler, but they pretty much come to really close to what happened in um, World War II and around the Jewish and Nazi bullshit that happened. Mm -hmm. um, it also, it makes me laugh because it reminds me of a quote from Fletch Lives for any of those Fletch fans oh, wow. because- <laughs> Real timely movie reference. Right. <laughs> Chevy Chase is sitting on a plane with an annoying lady right next to him and she goes, What's your, she keeps talking to him and he's like over it and he goes, she goes, what's your name? And he, and because she hates to fly and mm -hmm. she thinks they're going to go down. So he goes, Notre Dame because the prediction and she goes, okay, hey, Mr. Notre Dame, which <laughs> is a very funny, funny crap. But, um, the, going back to no, Notre Dame. Notre Dame, he um, predicted the French Revolution, JFK and RFK to go back to that, Hitler, September 11th. Oh my God. And more. The scary thing that is in one of his quatrains right now says the false trumpet concealing madness will cause byzantine to change its laws from egypt there will go forth a man who wants the edict withdrawn changing money and standards so there's a lot being said on the internet right now that mm -hmm. this is trump mm -hmm. um and this a lot of people are saying that he'll win the t he'll win the election mm -hmm. again i said i'm saying 
how can you know it's 2020 and it wasn't 2016? It doesn't yep. have a date, you know, yep. whatever. But this is the kind of stuff that I watch when I can't sleep. I, I can't believe this is what you watch to go to sleep. How does your mind not like just go off the rails, like spinning? <laughs> when I, go, I can't sleep, I go downstairs and I turn on like Notre Dame's documentaries or whatever. And then I'm like, oh, okay. And oh I God. end up falling asleep. And I think it's because I'm like, it's old as shit, this right. stuff. I, I, I can, I don't know why. It's just like, oh, the end of the world. Right. Okay. That's soothing. And I can go to sleep. And I just, it ends up being super soothing. For some reason, I have no idea why. Oh and I think some of it I know is BS. I think mm -hmm. that's why. And some right, of right, it, is like okay they're just droning on and then i can yes. go to sleep yeah so while i think a lot of it is interesting i know a lot of it already mm -hmm. so then i'm like okay bs bs drone drone mm -hmm. drone and then i can go to sleep <laughs> <laughs> whatever works for you right right mm -hmm. Oh, right. there's a, there's a funny me speaking of like what helps you sleep and what doesn't um that i just saw the other day that reminded me of us and it was Homer Simpson, one one image of him like freaking out under the covers, and the line at the top says "girls watching horror movies," and then the next image was him peacefully sleeping, girls watching movies about real crime, true crime movies, you know. And it's true, like, it is, and that's you know? that's the other thing is like mm -hmm. obviously true crime is at the top of all of our lists, right. and um, we've talked about this many many times mm -hmm. that. Dan and Brian, our husbands, think that we watch it to um, decide when yep. we're going to perfectly murder them. Just making some mental notes back there. Right. And um, they consistently think that we are planning mm -hmm. um, the secret time we're going to poison them or whatever. <laughs> um, but that was too easy to talk about today. Mm -hmm. And everyone has their favorite exactly. true crime murder shows. And you know the new unsolved mysteries is back yeah that's amazing yeah but we wanted to talk about the weird shit so mm -hmm. there yes. you go so what's yours all right so yeah speaking of unsolved mysteries yeah so as Lindsay said you know we're our our television viewing is kind of all over the map so like this week i caught up on the new season of unsolved mysteries I watched a documentary about the Go-Go's on Showtime. Oh my gosh, it's really so good. good. Yeah, I, I mean, the too. fact that those women are still alive is amazing. I know. The amount of drugs that they did and the fact that they basically just decided they were going to form this all-girl band and none of them knew how to play instruments and they essentially were self-taught until they had a couple real musicians come into the band and really help shape them. Um, that's, but, one yeah. that I, that's one that I watched when I couldn't sleep either. Really? And then I got, yeah, but I, that one I was like riveted yes. to. It was so good. Yeah. I mean, they really did, you know, they were pioneers in, in terms of like female musicians um, and the punk scene and, you know, kind of breaking really the glass ceiling for a lot of, you know, female musicians. So that was really interesting. And then Caught up on American Ninja Warrior, you know, which I always shed a tear. Um, but in terms of the weird and wacky stuff I watch, um, 
this may fall under the category of like, don't judge a book by its cover, but I have this really odd fascination with documentaries about MMA, um, <laughs> mixed martial arts. So I've watched the Ronda Rousey documentary. I've watched the Conor McGregor documentary. I've watched a couple episodes about amateur fighters. Um, it's this docuseries on Netflix, amateur fighters trying to get into the UFC. Can I, can I just stop you yeah, there? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Did you know that Brian's best friend growing up was Ken Flo, Kenny Florian? No. I, I never know. told Brian you Brian has all these like hidden, hidden secret celebrity friends. <laughs> he does. So Kenny Florian, mm -hmm. who was one of the kings of, um, what is it? What is it called? M MMA? Yeah. Yeah. He was crowned as one of the oh fighters. It used to live over yonder, wow. our, our next town over, huh. and um, they were they were good friends in high school, and they're That's yeah, so funny. yes, so yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I don't like I don't watch like the pay per view fights or anything weird like that. It's more just the documentaries about these people who are this is their this is their career or they're training for it to be their career. I have just this odd fascination with people who are so committed to to putting their body through just physical, this physical training to really pushing their body to its physical limits. Um, the dieting, the working out, the whatever, it's just to me takes a certain mindset to be able to commit to something like that and to know your job is to get literally inside a cage and the other person in there with you just wants to beat the ever-loving crap out of you. I mean, we have gotten emotionally beat up in our jobs, but like to know that this is, you have made an active decision to put yourself in harm's way and that's how you put food on the table for your family for whatever reason, like I find it absolutely fascinating. So um, does anyone, does, does your husband watch these with you? No. no. So this is, okay. <laughs> I do, like when did you get into these? Um, it was probably actually I heard um, a couple radio interviews with um, Ronda Rousey. One of a radio program I used to uh, listen to a lot had a lot of UFC fighters on because the the radio hosts happened to be fans of um, the UFC. They were friends with Dana White, who owns the UFC, yes. so they would have these fighters come on, and they come from pretty horrible backgrounds, most of them. So they've literally and figuratively fought their entire lives to get to the place where they are. Yeah. They've overcome pretty incredible odds to get where they are today. Um, and so it was probably just a few interviews with Ronda Rousey that I, that I found really interesting. Her mom was the first, I believe, American to win a medal for judo in the Olympics. Really? Her mom. And so she. So did they train by beating the crap out of each other? At home? Yeah, I mean, her, she 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 had this quote. She said, "Her mom, um, I guess Rhonda broke her toe in a fight or training or something." And she goes, "My mom had no sympathy for me. She's like, get back up and start training." She goes, "But when I was sick with the flu, she like came over and brought me chicken soup. You know, she said she has no sympathy for what I'm going through physically because she went through the same thing. But, um, but yeah, so Rhonda Rousey, she went to the Olympics as well. She won a medal." Um, she got paid 10 grand by I guess, the US Olympic Committee. And she's like, I came home, I was this Olympic athlete, I had a medal. And she goes, I couldn't actually have to sleep in my car, I didn't have any money. She said, the, she said, the way the US treats their Olympic athletes, it's so much different than in other, I'm getting off topic, but other parts of the world where Olympic athletes, I think, are, are very, very well compensated. So anyway, I just found her background really interesting and just sort of kind of fell into this 
Netflix rabbit hole of documentaries. Um, and yeah, so no, Danny does not watch these with me. And so in fact, he walked in on me one day a few weeks ago, I was watching something on Netflix and he's like, what are you watching? And I said, oh, it's a docu-series on Netflix called Fight World. And they go around the world examining different fighting styles and different cultures and traditions. And he's like, what? <laughs> and I mean, to your poor earlier point, Lindsay, the poor man already sleeps with one eye open because of all the true crime documentaries I watch. But this is a little over the top, even for him. Um, but I don't know. I feel like if our husbands are ever tragically murdered, like we have the oh, skill set based he, on watching every episode of Dateline yes. and whatnot to be able to track down their killers. And I feel like, you know, seriously, with my um, viewing of all of these. MMA documentaries, I could probably take the killer out with a stick throw punch. <laughs> so win-win. Uh, I agree. Um, but so I was, this one particular episode I was watching, it takes place in Thailand and the fighting style in Thailand is Muay Thai. Yes. For anybody out there that doesn't know. I do that. Know that. And they were following this 17-year-old kid as he prepared for his 200th professional fight. So I guess in Thailand, kids at a very young age, like seven, eight, whatever, from impoverished families, they will go live at these fight schools. And they start fighting professionally at a young age, and they use that money to help support their families. Um, so this kid at 17 had fought professionally already 200 times, which I just can't even imagine. So, so they follow him doing all the training for his fighting. And I mean, and they're living in relative squalor of these poor kids. Um, but he, one of the things he said during his interview was, I don't want my, you know, I have a bunch of brothers and sisters. I don't want my parents to have to take care of me. I need to take care of myself. I, and I need to help take care of them. And I'm like, he's 17. And I mean, my kids are great, but they're not getting in a cage to help me pay the bills around here. So, I mean, I can barely get them to clear the table. Yeah. So, um, so he goes, he fights, he ends up losing his fight. And then in the locker room afterwards, his coach just starts berating him and calling him a loser and saying he's an embarrassment um, and he should be ashamed of himself and all this. And the kid just sat there stoic and totally took it. I mean, it was brutal to watch um, and just really sad. And, but it's just so, I again, really eye-opening when you start kind of getting down this rabbit hole of, you know, watching things that take place in other countries or cultures or traditions, you just sort of realize we live in this tiny little bubble here and it just puts things in perspective. Um, conversely, really on the op polar opposite of that, I also will watch marathons of holiday baking championship, <laughs> which I know Danny also finds weird, but I find it very soothing. Um, you know, it's very formulaic and whatever, but I always like have my favorite person that I root for like all throughout the season. Um, so I'm either watching two men brutalize each other in a cage or I'm sobbing because Jason, the home baker from Alabama, finally got recognized for his culinary talents. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> so yeah, two opposite ends of the spectrum. And there's a lot in between there. There's a lot yeah. of Real Housewives. There's a lot of Hallmark Christmas movies. There's, yeah. you know, what have you. But yeah, we just oh. want to talk about the weird and wacky Yeah. So that's I, I, I get you. There's a lot of stuff <laughs> that we like to watch that we get judged hard by our families. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we're both been watching The Vow. Yes, The um, Vow. Keith just got 120 years. Yes, that's amazing. I'm so glad. Mm -hmm. So for those of you that don't know what we're talking about or have been under 
covers or don't like cults. Um, Keith Ranieri started Nexium, the sex cult, also kind of on the same spectrum as Scientology a little mm-hmm. bit. Uh, it is a cult where you have to buy in um, heavily in the beginning and kind of a pyramid scheme where you get people to buy in to it and buy classes and then you don't start making money as a person in it until you get higher in the pyramid. And then when you're higher in the pyramid and you start having to have sex with Mm -hmm. the guru or the master as he is called or he's called vanguard vanguard Mm -hmm. so vanguard just got 120 years sicko the one thing i will say that i don't think the hbo documentary did a great job of really explaining criminally what he He did did. it was more about these people who had escaped the cult trying to take him down which was really interesting um but the more i read about kind of what charges he was brought up on and why i was like this he's a monster i mean sex with underage girls forcing them to get abortions um that whole the whole you know basically like a feeding farm of women um you know to have sex with and it, it was just the ultimate in human manipulation and degradation and just preying on you know weak people um controlling them to the point where they basically had no sense of self or identity left whatsoever um and these you know at first i was like why do these people go along with this i mean this just seems ridiculous i mean one of the things you had to do for collateral to promise you weren't going to give away secrets was like given like nude pictures and all that. I'm like, who, if someone said to me like, all right, we'll let you into the secret society, but send us some nudes. And I'd be like, what are you talking about? Yeah. These people are so broken and damaged and just uh, really preyed upon by this guy. Um, it was, I'm so glad he got the 120 years. It's just a vile human being. And what like really bothers me is that he seemingly is a genius, you know, as completely was Jeffrey Epstein. And so here's two people that had the intellectual ability probably to contribute something really positive to humanity. If they were really as smart as, as I think they are. Right. Um, instead they chose it to just commit these heinous evil acts. And I just don't understand like what, what is it in their minds that says, I'm going to just be a total degenerate versus like, Hey, I could do something positive, you know? Right. Right. Um, I think that the stars documentary seduction, um, will do a better job so far. I've only seen one or two of the episodes and it's me. Uh, so far the main person in it is, um, India, um, Oxenberg and she, they're talking more about the bad stuff that Keith yeah. did and focusing on that. And the, the girl that he got pregnant that did escape mm-hmm. with the baby. Um, but I agree with you is that he was genius. Yeah. And that's, that's how I think he got these smart people manipulated yes. because I forget, was it Mark, um, the documentary filmmaker? Yes. He, he was really smart. Mm-hmm. And so was Sarah, yep. the um, actress, the, the two main components of the one, the HBO documentary. 
and maybe Sarah had some bad self-esteem yeah. because problems because some most actresses do have some piece of that. Mm -hmm. um, but they were very smart and he was just smarter this yep. and he knew how to get in and manipulate yes, he that. spotted their weakness and zeroed in on that yes and and made a different plan for each person yep. and individualized their plan for that person mm -hmm. and how to get at it and it was just sick yeah mind-bending stuff that he did and the fact that he finally got what he deserved because oh, a lot of times these cult leaders mm -hmm. get away with it yep i mean um the rajneesh yeah um wild wild country documentary i had read books about it before that came out and um the they got away and um the bagwan and mm -hmm. i forget her name I can't remember her name either, but, but I know. Yeah. She looks like such a sweet old yes. lady. Yes. And she's not. She mm -hmm. poisoned people <laughs> all the time. And so you're watching this documentary going, oh, this sweet old lady, she's just like so sweet. And she comes off that way in the documentary, but she was not. She poisoned people right. all the time. So, you know, and the same thing with um, Bikram, mm -hmm. the yes. yoga guy. And he's all over the place. He's traveling around mm -hmm. and he was like a sex guru. <sighs> yes. So the fact that this country finally got one of the mm -hmm. sex leaders is amazing. To and me. I think it was because of the Me Too movement was happening at the same time. Like, I don't know if this would have gotten as much attention as it did if Me Too wasn't happening. Yeah. Which is sad. It is sad, but mm -hmm. I'm so glad that. Oh, I know the country's finally like enough is enough exactly so mm -hmm. at least one good thing happened yeah. in 2020 right that's right yeah silver lining oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, um all right should we do our new segment yes. um celebrities they are not just like us as Lindsay coined the term um <laughs> so i feel like every other day i'm just reading an article as we probably all are about just some shit celebrities do or say and they think it's relatable or whatever, and they just sound like total a-holes. So I texted Lindsay this article um, yesterday, and I was like, here's just another example, whether it's like a Kardashian, you know, flying people on like to a private island for a 40th birthday or something else. But so this has to do with, I don't know if people out there are familiar with Grimes. She's a singer songwriter. She's also been in a long-term relationship with Elon Musk. Um, she's the mother of his six-month-old child. Um, and she claims that he um, is really into radical art, that he has got taste and full opinions. Um, and she, yeah, she says he's into radical art, like he just actually is. And I don't think that it's problematic to engage with them on that level. What does that even mean? <laughs> and so <laughs> when you said that to me, I just, there were so many, what? Yes. The F. So, yeah. Let me ask you. So Lindsay, when your son was six months old, what kind of art did he like? He liked screaming <laughs> and pooping yeah. and rubbing, yeah. I guess, like rubbing taking his poop and mashing it, it everywhere. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, 
I exactly. finger painting. Yes. I don't know. Yes. Don't know. Mm -hmm. well, yes. Apparently well, apparently our children are, children are not quite as advanced as Grimes, Grimes Elon Musk's child, child, who clearly is going to be a tour de force in the art world. <laughs> so, and <laughs> someone has no problem saying that mm -hmm. to a magazine. Mm -hmm. And and thinks that's relatable. Yeah. Ew. And it's just, yeah, someone who's I think she's fairly young. And I think that she's been um, you know, a singer-songwriter for some time now. So she's probably used to sort of being able to say or do, you know, kind of whatever and not have any backlash. But yeah, it's just an uneducated statement. It's ridiculous. It There's is, no shortage of them. <laughs> there is no shortage of them. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why, like, you know, I know that you and I both follow like people like Jennifer Garner yeah. and Kristen Bell mm -hmm. and Reese Witherspoon, who seem to put out their real selves, especially mm -hmm. like Jennifer Garner yes. has no problem putting out like her picture of like, this is me. I just woke up mm -hmm. and Kristen Bell does the same thing. This is yes. me. I'm in bed. Like that's reality. Mm -hmm. And that's more like, yes, more genuine. You, you are mm -hmm. okay. What we see that. Thank you very much. Exactly. And this article is just like, <laughs> okay. Yep. Great. Super. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. Yes. yes. So again, there's no shortage of these stories out there. So we will, uh, on occasion, bring to you celebrities. They are not just like us for a good laugh. Um, so thank you guys for listening today. Um, if you like what you hear, please um, tell friends and family about us. Um, subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Um, we are on Facebook and Instagram. Come find us, Multitasking in Heels. We would love to hear from you. Um, any ideas for future show topics? Uh, we're happy to listen. We're just grateful uh, you guys joined us today. Thank you so much. Thank Bye. you. Bye.